Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hi, Sideliners. I'm your host, Vicki Duvall. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of The Sideline. I have a really fun story time for you today, going all the way back to when I played Kim Clijsters at the US Open in 2012, when I was 16 years old. It was one of the most incredible moments of my life and my career, if I'm completely honest. And I'm super excited to share it with you today. There are several layers to the story that I want to get into beginning in 2010 and leading up to the night that I played on the biggest stage of my career. Later on in the episode, I'll expand a little bit more on why Kim was one of my idols growing up, but I was always just amazed at her ability to use all parts of the court and use offense and defense so well. I mean, we all know her iconic slides and splits that she does too. Really quick before we get started, I wanted to jumpstart this new segment where I share my favorite song of the week, and it's currently a little throwback called If I Ever Feel Better by Phoenix. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Okay, so we're currently in 2010 two years before I played against Kim. The period from the summer of 2010 to the summer of 2011 was extremely difficult for my growing body, and it was one of the first times I experienced a seemingly endless string of injuries. It all started kind of around the growth spurt I was having at the age of 14, which it was very welcome, might I add, because up until that point, I was about the same height as the net, so... I was extremely happy to finally be growing, but I my injury started with a stress fracture in my right foot, then a stress fracture in my shin. I tore my right meniscus in my knee. I got a chip in my left hip bone, and I got a herniated disc in my back. This all happened within that one-year period from the summer of 2010 to the summer of 2011. And the doctors couldn't figure out any other reason for this than obviously I was having growing pains and my body just couldn't adjust to the training I was doing, whether it was on the court or in the gym. And basically what would happen is I would get an injury and do everything I had to do, got on crutches, got on a boot. I think I was even in a wheelchair at one point for my hip. And I would feel better and start training and I couldn't last more than three or four healthy weeks and then something else would happen. And 
that was obviously extremely demoralizing, not only to play in pain, but to be in constant fear that something else is going to go wrong. And for that whole year, something else did go wrong. And I think that was one of the first times I also realized the importance of listening to your body when something doesn't feel right. Because at that age, you know, especially for me, I was like, I like nothing should be going wrong. You know, my body should be able to handle anything. And so I remember even when the first couple injuries started, I was playing through so much pain because I was like, no, you know, I like my body shouldn't be feeling like this. And so I didn't listen to my body. Yeah, so lesson learned and I was rebuilding strength for the next several months and slowly regaining confidence in my body and in my tennis. So let's fast forward to the spring of 2012, about six months before I played against Kim. During that time, I was getting ready for one of the biggest national junior events in San Diego, which was hard courts. Hard courts essentially felt like one of the junior grand slams in the States. I think there are spring nationals, hard courts, winter nationals. I can't really remember if there's another one, but it was a good time for juniors. Obviously, this is something that we trained for all year, and there's a big prize at hard courts. So the prize for winning hard courts is a main draw wild card into the U.S. Open which is obviously a big deal for me and all the other peers and juniors that were training for it. Hard courts to me was a fun way to unite with my friends and also get to know people from different sections because I played mostly around Florida and a lot of the big events that we have are in Florida. So I didn't really have to go that far unless I was going to the other bigger ITF junior events. So it was a fun time to unite with everybody. And obviously there's a lot on the line. So it was nice, but also an extremely competitive environment. Everyone wants to play for the U.S. Open. And so for those of us who were higher ranked in the tournament, I would say we didn't really have, this is going to sound so bad. (laughs) We didn't really have big fish to fry until about the third or fourth round And it was a good time to start building confidence, obviously, and getting some more matches under your belt. And I don't really remember. I I had a good tournament. I was doing well, feeling good. My body felt good. And so getting ready for my finals, it's, you know, when you get to those later stages in the tournament, the quarterfinals, semifinals, you can almost start tasting the trophy. You know, you see it. They start lining it up anyway when you're getting to the tournament site or whatever it is. So you're walking in, looking at it every day, and you're like, that's going to be mine. (laughs) But if my memory isn't mistaking me, I think my finals was a long battle against Brooke Austin. And uh, I think it was three sets. I mean, Brooke and I always had extremely intense battles. And It was obviously a surreal feeling once I picked up that trophy. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to the U.S. Open. This is insane. And so going home and training for the U.S. Open was kind of a weird feeling because I didn't really know what my goals were at the time. You know, like, obviously this was something so big and such an amazing opportunity. But 16-year-old me was like, oh, you know, I don't really know what to expect and I remember my friends were asking me if I was going to turn pro after, and I was like, I'm not a pro yet because I was still considering college. I had a lot of offers from really great colleges, and 
education is something that I wanted to make sure that I didn't give up even if I did go pro. So at the time it was kind of, you know, I was back and forth in my head and I was just like, I'm just really excited for the opportunity to go to the US Open, but I, yeah, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. So all I could think about was that I was gonna do my best and train as hard as I possibly can to give myself the best opportunity to have a great experience at the US Open. So we're now in August of 2012, US Open, baby. So I played the junior event the year prior, and it was not totally new territory for me, but obviously this time was a little bit different because I was in the big leagues. <laughs> I was I kind of felt like the new kid on the block, sizing up the bigger fish in the dining room and the locker room. But obviously, like I was also extremely intimidated and trying to fit in and act somewhat normal. I mean, it's a little bit scary to be thrown into the world of all the legends and all the champions at that age for me. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and um, it was really nice that year at the U.S. Open. My it's That's kind of where my family usually tries to make an effort for all of us to be together. We all kind of live everywhere. And U.S. Open seems like a time that we all kind of gather and they come support me, which is really nice because it doesn't happen that often that we can all get together. And I remember joking around with my family about having official cars because the official cars are something that uh, is a luxury for only main draw players. And so if you're not in the main draw, you take the bus or whatever the other transportation it is that you do. But um, when you're in the main draw, you get your own little SUV, you get your own little car. And I remember we're like, oh my gosh, we're so special. <laughs> And the day before the draw came out, uh, my friends and family and I were joking about who I might play. And I think also we were kind of doing that to ease the nerve because I was extremely nervous. Obviously, I didn't know what to expect. And I remember, I don't remember if it was my mom or my brother. They were like, what if you play Serena or Azarenka or Kerber? Basically throwing around anyone who was ranked at the absolute top. And I was like... In the back of my head, I'm like, I hope not. But also, I mean, how fun would it be to play against, you know, one of the legends like that? So, which I ended up playing one. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But um, I didn't really think about that. I was just thinking, like, my 16-year-old brain was just like, I just want to play someone that I have a little bit of a chance against. Which <laughs> sounds terrible, but I was just so nervous. I was dying. So... The next day, the draw comes out, and I play Kim Clijsters. <laughs> My brother and I are sort of fangirling at this point, right? Because we both loved Kim growing up, and some of our favorite matches of hers were some of her rivalries with Hennen and the Williams sisters and Davenport. And expanding on what I said earlier, I think what I admired so much was she really understood the court, and she understood how to use different parts of the court to quickly switch from offense to defense. And that was something that I had to learn to do with my game because up until my growth spurt, I was very tiny. And so I had to really understand how to be smart when I was playing and how to use defense really well. And then once I started growing and getting into my strength and my body, then I had to learn how to do offense, you know? And so 
watching her and her ability to kind of be able to do both so seamlessly I think that was one thing that um really inspired me and so obviously Kim Clijsters needs no introduction I remember people telling me the next day when the after the draw came out they were saying you're probably gonna play on Arthur Ashe because it was Kim's last tournament and I was like what <laughs> and I was so scared and um I remember I was like how cool would that be obviously to play on Arthur Ashe but also like how do I even prepare for that possibility and I think I had two days from the time the draw came out to when I was actually scheduled to play and when I finally saw the schedule it was <laughs> Arthur Ashe Stadium opening night first feature match I mean <laughs> I was like what <laughs> So the day of the match, I was completely freaking out. I think I had maybe two spoons of oatmeal for breakfast and I had a knot in my stomach and I couldn't even see straight. I was practicing in the morning, felt okay, took a little rest um, during the day and then I practiced again shortly before my match. And I think the day of the match was when I was finally able to get one practice on Ash. So that was good. At least I knew somewhat what I was expecting. And because our match was so late, there were hardly any people in the locker room. So I think that was one of the first few times that I saw Kim was when we were together in the locker room. And it was kind of weird because I knew I had to be serious because she was my opponent. But obviously, I'm standing in front of one of my idols and I was very visibly unwell <laughs> that I had to go think about playing at such a huge stage. I'd never done anything like that in my career. And so um, here I am just pacing back and forth in the locker room as one does. And I remember someone kept coming into the locker room every couple minutes when it was closer to the match time. And they were updating us on when we're gonna walk out, uh, when, I, I don't really remember specifically, but there's like obviously different things that go into the night matches on Ash. So when we're going to walk out, what we have to do, where we have to stand. And so she kept popping in and out. And I remember at one point, Kim came up to me in the middle of my pacing. And I think she was joking about the lady coming in. And I was like frozen. I couldn't even believe she like came up to talk to me. And she was doing a bit of small talk, like, how are you? How's everything going? Like being nice and stuff. And I could... I think she could tell visibly on my face that I was very much stressed out and in panic mode and she actually ended up giving me a little pep talk which is something I'll never forget till this day. Um, she told me that when she was around my age she played against Steffi Graf which uh, Steffi was one of her idols growing up and she said she was also extremely nervous and she was like just breathe, uh, trust yourself, you're gonna do great and in the back of my mind I'm like you're Kim Clijsters, like, I just don't want to go out looking really ugly or something, and she's like, it's gonna be fine, I promise, just breathe, um, like, we're in this together, like, it's gonna be great, and it was honestly one of the craziest things I've ever experienced, because here she is getting ready to play me, and she is helping me calm down before our match, and I think right before we walked out um, into the main hallway to get to the court, She's like, can we take a picture? And I was like, oh my gosh. So I don't have that picture, but I think, I hope she still has it. I'd love to see it. The selfie that we took before our match. 
And obviously, so we're walking out and it's time for the match. We have to do the on-court or the interview in the hallway walking out to the stadium. And I don't even remember what I said. I probably sounded even more mousy than I usually do because that's usually what happens when I get nervous. And I remember walking out to the stadium and I've never experienced an energy like that still till this day. Um, it was so loud and it was, there were so many lights. There was so much going on. Obviously opening night at the U S open is always such a huge deal. Um, and it was, you could just feel the energy in your bones. It was insane. Everyone was cheering, um, obviously for Kim more than me, but it was, the energy was just deafening. It was unbelievable. And I remember during the warm up, I almost couldn't even see straight because I felt better, you know, after taking some deep breaths and uh, after obviously talking to her. But it it's just like I, w- I couldn't even prepare myself for what I was experiencing on the court. And so I kept, you know, trying to do counts in my head. I remember looking up at my camp in my not my camp, wow, my box, and I was giggling like every five minutes. <laughs> I think I was giggling mostly to try to calm myself down, but also kind of still in disbelief that I was in this moment, in this atmosphere. (laughs) So now the match is starting. And the first two games of the match, I think I probably hit one or two balls in the center of my racket. (laughs) I was completely shaking and um, I went up 3-1 in the first set. I I managed to... (laughs) get the advantage and get up 3-1 and I think at that point honestly in my head I was like I'm good (laughs) which is so terrible but I mean I still kept fighting and playing well but it was just downhill from there it was 6-3 6-1 for Kim and shaking hands with her at the net she told me to keep going and keep believing in myself and that I'm a great player and to just keep at it. And I was like, oh my gosh, all I could say was thank you, thank you, thank you. I didn't know what else to say. And even though obviously losing is not fun for anybody, even at that stage, which was something of such magnitude for me, it was such a great experience more than anything else. And I still kind of felt defeated, you know, walking back to the locker room. And basically at some point I saw Venus and she goes, I saw that backhand volley you hit during the match. I had like one iconic point (laughs) where it came up to the net and I just stuck the crap out of this backhand volley and I never volley with one hand. And I just went up there and I went boom with one hand. And, um, and she commented on that and I was like, oh my God. I mean, fangirl of Venus is for another episode, but so that was really cool. And um, the takeaway for me from that was I, I was just so grateful that I had earned, obviously I earned that experience to play at the U.S. Open, but it was unbelievable. It, it helped me grow so much for the rest of my career. I think um, obviously being able to handle your nerves during such a big stage, it kind of sets you up for all the other things in your life too, because you've been in that experience and till this day I haven't played on such a big stage in my life and so I can always look back at that match and be like you know what I did it I conquered my fears I conquered my nerves and I ended up having a great experience it wasn't the outcome that I would have wanted but it was a fantastic experience overall and 
Little fun fact, up until Kim decided to do her comeback, I was her last match victory before she retired. <laughs> she ended up losing in the next round of the U.S. Open. Um, but for a little while, I was in the history books as her last match win. What do you know? <laughs> well, I think that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope everyone is staying safe and doing well uh, in the midst of, again, this unbelievably scary time. I hope you'll join me next week for another episode of The Sideline where I never seem to know what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> Have a good day. Bye, Sideliners. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com.